0: What is going on, guys. It is your host, Frank Estraub of the Coldplay Sports Podcast, and we are baby back ribs, baby. We are back and ready to go. Um, today, we have a very special, special, special. I say that every time, but every episode is special. But today, we have first-round fantasy draft guide. For you noobs of the fantasy world, may want to brush up on some strategies and players to target or educate yourselves on value in the first round. Or maybe you grizzled old veterans or grizzled young veterans who just want to add to your repertoire. Anyways, before we get into it, I want to remind you guys that you can follow us on Twitter at pod underscore clubhouse. Probably gonna boot up an Instagram at the same handle, and of course leave us a rating, like uh, a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcast, pretty much any podcast app or your preferred podcast app, I should say. But enough rambling. Let's get into it. All right, all right, all right, we're ready to get into it. So, we are going to start and preface it with this. Two things. 12-team PPR, because although ESPN and Yahoo and Sleeper even says that the standard format is what the standard format is, really no one uses that anymore. I see a lot of PPR leagues, and I see a lot of 12-team league sizes. So... want to say that and also not taking Melvin Gordon in the first round some people still are but there's a big question mark looming obviously with the holdout which you know you have the problem with Zeke but it seems like Gordon's is a little bit different I mean he did request a trade so if he gets traded I think that changes depending on the team um But right now, it looks like he's going to be holding out around eight games, which cuts into his value in the first round. But anyways, if you're on the clock at the one-on-one, you got to go RB. Running back is probably the most important position in fantasy and, in fact, the most valuable, whereas on the field, in reality, it's very valuable and integral, but expendable on a player-to-player basis. Just look at Le'Veon Bell compared to James Conner and then even Zeke and Gordon situation going on with their holdouts uh anyways the running back position gives you a plethora of scoring options and yards touchdowns and most importantly receptions which you're getting with the majority of modern running backs anyway whether it be the top guys Saquon at 91 last year Zeke at 77 Kamara at 81 and McCaffrey at a whopping 107 or those middle round guys like Tariq Cohen and James White, who are kind of one tool guys, and that's what they're used for. They're used for receptions and coming out of the backfield to catch the ball. Uh, you can get those guys in rounds four to six. Uh, obviously, there's oh they're in crowded backfields, both those guys. So I'll, I'll address that in maybe a, in a different podcast. But back to the leading the leaders, of the running back pack. Excuse me. You can't go wrong with any of the top guys except for Zeke because of the holdout. So I'd personally go with Christian McCaffrey in PPR format. The 107 receptions last year speak for itself, but he was also on the field 99. Yes, you heard that right. 99% of snaps and used on 94.5% of snaps um, as opposed to the other Panthers running backs. Volume is one of the most important things in fantasy and McCaffrey certainly has that talent opportunity uh, but what and opportunity. But what truly separates him and Saquon is the state of the Giants offense. And I'll get into that in a second. But for Saquon, while the O-line will be better on paper, he will face more stacked boxes with the one, absence of Odell Beckham Jr., and two, tape on him from last year, which he should be able to beat fairly easy easily because I think he's the most talented running back in the league. Um, much like Mahomes, I think, but there is going to be a, a slight decrease because of that, because you're seeing what he can do at that uh, pro level. But let's sing his praises for a second. He gained 874 yards after contact, and 374 yards of that came against a stacked box. That's per Football Focus or per Pro Football Focus, excuse me. The two B, the two Ps got me there. Uh, While he will naturally regress, I think he will maintain Saquon-like production. But like I said, things separating him and Christian McCaffrey is that surrounding Giants offense. Question mark from who's starting at quarterback, uh, Eli Manning or Daniel Jones. And then um, the wide receiver position, obviously, is a question mark with the injuries and suspensions. Uh, A suspension to Golden Tate, injury to Sterling Shepard, injury to Corey Coleman which wasn't that deep a position to begin with. But with those guys leading the pack, Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate, at least you knew you had solid guys. And Sterling Shepard will come back and be productive because I think he's very underrated. But, um, you know, it, it still has a question mark. So Christian McCaffrey over Saquon in PPR formats for the one-on-one. But moving to number two overall, I think it is Saquon Barkley because you're getting the, that running production. You're getting that... Um, reception production, but 2K yards, uh, 2,000 yards in the ground last year, uh, and um, or from scrimmage rather, excuse me, speaks for itself. And then all the other stuff I mentioned that um, should deter him, but he should still maintain Saquon like production, like I said. And then number three is Kamara. I mean, we'll see how he fares without Mark Ingram, but. I think it should only increase his value. Um, You know, you're going to see him not even more involved in the offense because he is as involved as he could be. But um, he is Kamara. And I don't want to ramble on that too much because that's an obvious choice. Uh, You know, value between, as I'm going to mention a bunch of times, perceptions and runs, Um, just production overall. You get that with Kamara. At the fourth spot, take a shot on Zeke. Although he is holding out right now, I think once he's back on the field, he is one of the most used running backs in the league. One of the best running backs in the league. And um, his receptions have gone up um, 30 to 77 in the past two years from 2017 to 2018. That should take another jump. Um, But... There is that looming question mark of the holdout still. Take a shot on him at four. You're wasting a first-round pick if he does miss a ton of time. But even with the suspension, think back. He still had a productive season, as I think, an RB1. Or, yeah, an RB1. So, moving to number five, it's David Johnson for me. The difference uh, between, in production between uh, Pete David Johnson and last year in 2018 is immense. The difference in situation and play calling was also immense. Instead of playing to his strengths as a as a receiver, Mike McCoy just ran him against stacked boxes. He only had 24 receptions before McCoy was removed as play caller, and only 26 when Byron left, which took over. David Johnson should have double that amount of receptions. Let's be honest, 50 receptions. Um, I mean, uh, 100 receptions, rather. He only had about 50, or exactly 50. Um, so expect that to naturally grow up, go up in the new offense with Kyler Murray's QB and uh, the opening up of the field in the spread offense. Uh, should n- naturally up his running production regardless of the offensive line unit. Uh, he's talented, and the play calling will be improved. Moving to number six, I have Devontae Adams. While Hopkins overtook, uh, that's DeAndre Hopkins, overtook Adams in targets uh, 517 to 332 over the last three seasons before 2018, Adams led him in 2018 by about six, 169 to 163. Rather, Hopkins had a 32% target share, but that should go down with Healthy, QT, and Fuller, uh, who are... By the way, more talent than Marcus valdez Ganling, and John Miles, and, and Aquaminia-St. Brown. And while Green Bay threw it at an excep- exceptionally high rate, back to Adams here, uh, especially compared to Houston, who threw the ball at the 27th highest or 5th lowest, if you want to go by it like that, uh, in the NFL, that's 75% of Green Bay's um, accumulated, accumulated excuse me, pass attempts. I do expect Jones to be more incorporated in the Lafayette Lafayette offense as a runner, so that will most likely decrease um, those pass attempts from Green Bay, but not by a lot, because while I have Deshaun Watson finishing higher than Aaron Rodgers in fantasy, I do expect the difference between them to not be as significant as maybe some others. In his career, healthy Rodgers has never not finished as a QB2 or higher and shows no signs of stopping as he played all of last year hurt and still posted 4,400 yards, 25 touchdowns, and two interceptions. Very impressive touchdown-interception ratio there. In all, I think Adams is the way to go because he'll have more volume and opportunity than DeAndre Hopkins. At number seven, the man, the myth, the legend there, DeAndre Hopkins. I uh, would prefer Adams over him, but Hopkins is still a damn good option. I think those offenses, like I said with the quarterbacks, aren't going to be crazy different. But one thing that stands out to me is Fuller and QT are are much more talented than the other options on the Green Bay offense. So that might cut into his production, and it shows last year because when QT was on the field, he was targeted more um, – then DeAndre Hopkins. And you obviously know Will Fuller is a favorite of Deshaun Watson's in the deep threat, uh, in the deep pass, in the deep passing game, excuse me. Wow, took a little while to get through that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Morgan Freeman. And I am proud to announce that the Clubhouse Sports Podcast has partnered with Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a brand new DFS app for prop bets that have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top-tier athletes instead of the traditional salary cap format. You build your lineup around a list of prop bets. For each contest, you need to choose 10 of 20 prop bets, plus two ice picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that point value if that prop is correct. For example, will Tom Brady throw for over or under 250 yards? The less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth. And you build your team score around the amount of correct props you select. Yours will Clubhouse upon sign-up for a match of up to $10 on your first deposit. Yeah, so that um, ad read sounded like a bit of a mix between Morgan Freeman and uh, Trelawney from Red Dead Redemption 2. But um, moving back to the fantasy football, yeah, we had Hopkins at 7 in my opinion. I think that's the best spot for him after Adams um, and David Johnson. But now we move to 8 and it's Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, the thing that I think separates him and Mixon here, because you can tell I really love the running backs, Um, is Le'Veon Bell's not only a better, more talented running back, uh, slightly, he's also probably going to be on a better offense, um, depending on how Sam Darnold shakes out, but it's actually closer as I examined it more than I thought, I thought it would be that I thought, um, or that in my opinion, at least. Um, but he still is a more talented runner, and it just comes down to the fact that he's probably going to be in a better situation, but it is closer than I thought. Moving to number nine, and I'll get into Mixon right now. Moving to number nine, it is Joe Mixon. Mixon is a very gifted running back athletically, and production has been on the uptick. Um, Everything increased from 2017, except for receiving yards um, overall and per catch or per reception, but that was slight. Um, Although Jonah Williams... He's out for the year. Mixon is in a new system and decent QB play will continue with Dalton. Plus Mixon likes to run in between the tackles anyways. I like him as an RB1 in fantasy this year. Let me just pull up his stats real quick. Um Yeah, he he um had a Yeah, so 178 his his um attempts went up in his carries um volume of attempts. 178 to 237, so that's a pretty uh, significant increase. 626 to 1168, another significant increase. A whole yard and about a half of yards per carry on average. Significant increase, uh, doubled as touchdowns, significant increase. 13 more receptions, um, not as significant, but still pretty big. And then um, only 10 yards. Um, increase per reception, and then obviously that went down by three yards on average per catch, but he's moving up in the world, that's my point, and another couple, another season of this should put him into RB1 territory for fantasy football, I have him at the 109, or yeah 109 here, uh, at the 110 Julio Jones, Julio is Julio Without scoring a significant or sufficient number of touchdowns, excuse me, the man still finished the wide receiver six last year. He'll be in a more efficient offense than last year, I think, and hopefully Ryan begins to target him in the red zone. Only caveat to that is there are a lot, a lot, a lot of mouths to feed here, but it's Julio, man. Um, the mouths to feed, obviously, Hooper, Freeman, Ridley, um, to a lesser extent, Mohamed Sanu should not con- cut into. Um, julio's production ridley might but not to crazy amounts still my third wide receiver in fantasy so i have him at the 110 moving to the 111 michael thomas a really good receiver on one of the best offenses in the league nothing to say on him or julio really it's just these two aren't falling to the second and they're going to be wide receiver ones high end wide receiver ones uh mind you and are more valuable here than everyone except for maybe Tyreek Hill. Um, At the 112, wrapping up the first round, if you want wide receiver one production between touchdowns, yards, and receptions from a tight end, here's your guy. It's Travis Kelsey. Uh, But this is another case of just getting your guy. If you want him, this is his ADP, and it's probably going to stay where it is because I can't see it going up, and it's not going down because that's not... Uh, Unless something comes up with injury, uh, because that happens. But um, regression from Mahomes most likely won't affect Kelsey like it might Hiller Williams because he's put up tight end one numbers um, with Alex Smith, although 2018 was his best season to date. Also, you could likely get him at the turn here for fantasy, the 12 to 13. But um, if you want to grab him, Better hope he doesn't go to from 11 and you can either take him with your 12 or your 13. That'll about wrap it up for this long-awaited episode, the long-awaited return of the Clubhouse Sports Podcast, The Prodigal, re-son, the prodigal Son, Frank Straub Returns. Um, but anyways, yeah, you can catch us on Twitter at pod underscore clubhouse, all the podcast apps, Instagram hopefully soon, Look out for a Los Angeles Rams offense film room in the next couple weeks. Let me know if you want me want to see me do rounds two through six, because I think that's the extent I would do it. Um, and uh, some Tarantino stuff might be coming up. Uh, Yeah, but we're back. I think we're back for good. Football season is going to get started up. Uh, go check out Thrive Fantasy, obviously. I think I'm going to add a little more humor and hopefully more refined Morgan Freeman impressions to those um ads for Thrive Fantasy, but go use uh code Clubhouse upon sign up for ten dollars on your first deposit or if ten dollar match on your first deposit. I'll catch you guys in the next one.